Still waiting for the Woody, just the Warhammer 40k episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Nerd Degree. It's me, Brendan Bennett. And I'm Dan Bang. We just finished recording our Star and All Wars episode, which was an episode dedicated to not being about Star Wars. Yeah, it was a very exciting episode. I really feel that I got to demonstrate just the true depth of my intelligence. I have to say it was incredibly hard for me to write this episode because everything kept being about Star Wars and then I had to cut it out. Um, but uh, actually, so, speaking of podcasts, mm. Dan, you have a podcast uh, that's restarting at I do. the moment as well. I do, I do. I've just started, uh, I got uh, rebooked for a second season by myself. Uh, You're the hardest person to please. I, I know, I'm such a hard producer, but I finally convinced myself that I, I was I was ready for it. Uh, so I've started a second uh, season of my podcast, Dan Bain's Broken Arts Hole, which is, of course, um, a podcast about the Christchurch arts uh, scene in the kind of recovery from the 2011 earthquakes. Um, it's an interview show, and it's fun, and um, I ask people moderately difficult questions. <laughs> um, and Oh, and speaking of second seasons, mm. Nerd Degree is going to take a break in January, and then we're going to come back with our own second season, a little bit of a relaunch. We're making a few tweaks, a few changes, and um, so we're going to relaunch uh, better than ever in February. So stay tuned for that, but enjoy the episode. Can you ever think of the last thing to say? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our nerds! Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Nerd Degree. My name is Brendan Bennett and I am your host. And tonight we are completely avoiding the the topic of Star Wars as thoroughly as we can. Yes, we will talk about stars. Yes, we will talk about wars. But never ever at the same time. Now we have two teams competing to see who knows the most about stars and or wars. And... and What are the win conditions for that? (laughs) Seems awfully vague. Uh, Well, the way it's going to work is I'm going to ask you guys questions, and those questions are going to be related to stars or wars. You answer those. If you answer them correctly, you'll get points. It's like a quiz. Okay, I'm good. Okay, so let's let's meet our teams starting here. Uh, My name's Dan Bain. I'm the artistic director of the Christchurch Courtchesters, and um, uh, one time... I looked at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Big claim to fame, thank you. Uh, my name's Henry Nellis, I'm in, uh, one of the court jesters and a radiographer, and once I met a star by the name of Susie Cato, um, <laughs> when I was four and got my picture taken. <laughs> no wow. mean, no, not meaning to brag. But, um, nice. Okay, thank you, and uh, you are going to be representing Team Warlords. Yes. Now, on this side we have... I'm Karen Healy, I write science fiction and fantasy, and I am drinking pink wine from a paper cup. Classy. Mm. Uh, I am Andrew Todd, I'm a writer for Birth Movies Death and Game Planet, and I uh, once cried into Keanu Reeves' arms. Interesting. No, more, more, Interesting. more, more, more. <laughs> um, We are, well, maybe we'll get to that later. <laughs> Uh, and we are also lucky enough to be joined by our scorekeeper, Major Rivers. Hello, everyone. Uh, jolly good, jolly good. <laughs> Looking forward to a good war, nothing like a bit of exercise, spacking Jerry, and then back to Blighty before breakfast, eh? <laughs> All right, thank you, Major Rivers. He'll be keeping track of the scores uh, and anything else that needs being tracked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
To decide who goes first, I need the teams to roll for initiative. 20. Critical! Oh. Critical! That's the first time anyone's ever got a critical. Warlords, you get an automatic five points. Oh. Oh. Yes! <laughs> now, the first round, it's never Watch happened us before. Lose anyway. We're gonna have to pick things up and <laughs> yeah. from nothing. Um, <laughs> this is like we're the white people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a good metaphor for privilege, isn't it? Yeah. You rolled a natural 20 at birth. Um, <laughs> No, it's your parents rolled the natural 20 for you uh, and then, yeah. and then yes. handed it to or you. Or the parents just placed it down. <laughs> Face 20. up with 20. Well Wait a second, you. this die only has 20 on every side. <laughs> Our first round is the nerd quotient round where I will be asking trivia questions. Uh, these trivia questions will be related to wars or stars or something. So, <laughs> warlords, uh, your question. How could Bing have prevented Nicaragua uh, from coming to the brink of war in 2010? Oh, well, because they would have given, like, an incorrect result for (laughs) some sort of war thing. (laughs) Like how to fight a war. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's That's almost the... Opposite of the answer, but that's that's how I like to introduce my answers <laughs> is by first posing the uh, the antithesis of it. Yeah. Uh, once in 2011, Bing gave the correct answer for the question you were after. <laughs> it was the only time, and um, Nicaragua avoided war as can, a result of it. Can anyone can anyone do better? Well, um, not, not, with not with that bell. With Karen. Well, the president of Nicaragua and his or her opponent in the elections got into a pub fight um, and they went to Bing looking for the argument, as, as we do now. Um, but Bing was down and Google doesn't work in Nicaragua. Okay, completely false. <laughs> uh, here's the answer. Former Nicaraguan military commander Eden Pastora is blaming Google Maps for ordering his oh. army to invade a portion of Costa Rica. LAUGHTER uh, the troops set up camp, took down a Costa Rican flag, raised the Nicaraguan flag, destroyed a protected forest, cleaned up a nearby river, and dumped the sediment in Costa Rican territory. Um, the border is labelled correctly in Bing, but incorrectly in Google Maps. What about in Apple Maps? Like, is it just is it is it is it just labelled as like Antarctica? <laughs> I love how, like, the invading Nicaraguan kind of objective seems to be, like, get rid of the flag, and then, like, let's fix the environment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's also worrying that it's like, we're going we're gonna to move here. Oh, someone got a phone? Can we just check <laughs> yeah, it on just Google Maps? Sure. Um, all right, uh, so um, I don't think anyone gets any points. Star Lords, all right. Right. Why, did the, why did the band They Might Be Giants release a musical retraction in 2009? They were not actually giants. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it might be. Like, you don't really need to retract that. It's technically always true. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's deep, man. That's deep. <laughs> um, like, it's like Schrodinger's giant. You know? um, they might be giants. We ne- we'll never know. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's to do with it, uh, a song that they released. Is it to do with... A song about geography. Uh, well, it's about it's, it's about, about the stars. sun. Who's about the sun? Ooh. Did they suggest that? Does anyone know the famous song by They Might Be Giants? Uh, it's that. Well, they uh, retracted they um, the the opening song from the Big Bang Theory. 
Um, that was big uh, bare naked ladies. Yeah, bare naked ladies. That's what the question is, right? <laughs> they retracted it anyway. That's why they retracted it. They retracted it on their behalf, not because there was a factual error in it, but because it was the opening to the Big Bang Theory, which is the worst television program there has ever been. It's like the nerd degree, but not funny. Yeah. Oh boy. The sun is a mass of incandescent gas, a gigantic nuclear furnace. Where hydrogen is turned into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. All right, thank you, Major Rivers. Is Major um, Rivers trying to like scoop up? <laughs> that is the that's the opening line from uh, their cover of an educational song from 1959 called <laughs> "Why Does the Sun Shine." Um, however, uh, by 2009, they had to acknowledge that science had moved on. Uh, and so they released another song called Why Does the Sun Really Shine? Uh, and the lyrics to that are The sun is a miasma of incandescent plasma. The sun is not simply made out of gas. No, no, no. The sun is a quagmire. It's not made of fire. Forget what you've been told in the past. Um, by us. By us, yes. Yes. Move over Adele. Those lyrics are powerful. <laughs> And educational. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything I know about the sun, I learnt from that song. Incorrectly, it turns out. (laughs) Everything I learnt from the sun was from staring at it. (laughs) (laughs) And the one thing that you learnt is not to. (laughs) Um, All right, Star Lords. Project A119 was the US's original plan for beating the Soviets to the moon. How did it differ from the plan that they eventually went with, which was landing two men on the lunar surface? Um... Was it, uh, they were originally planning to do it via a boxcar race. <laughs> um, and they just, they built up a really big hill and a ramp. Can you think more American? Yes, they had the Olympic shot put champion. <laughs> he was just going to throw them. Can you think um, more they American? A, <laughs> they a, it was a, a, a big gun. <laughs> Close. A cannon. They were going to, uh, rather than rather than taking men to the moon, they were going to bring the moon to America <laughs> by just nuking the shit out of it. You get points. Yes. Uh, yes. Their plan was what? to launch a nuclear missile. What? At no. the moon. Yes, uh, an intercontinental ballistic missile at the Terminator line, which is the line between the dark and light side of the moon, uh, and the explosion uh, would have. Been uh, created a mushroom cloud in front of the sun, so it would have been visible to the naked eye from Earth. So basically, they were going to pee on it. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were essentially saying, uh, "Look what we're prepared to do to an innocent satellite. Imagine what we'll do to you." Um, yeah, warlords. What does the centre of the galaxy taste like? Chicken. It's a reasonable guess, but it's not. It's not right. Damn it. Um. Uh, nothing. You Star can't... Lords. Dark chocolate. Dark <laughs> chocolate. Um, uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say like like licorice. Is this one of those those closer. little those little like the the bits of atoms that are even teenier than atoms, the ones that taste like charm and strange. It tastes tastes like. Tastes like worms, because there's a wormhole leading from the, the black hole. It's so like using a 30-meter-long 30 30 uh, radio telescope, um, they studied the enormous ball of dust and gas in the, the center of the galaxy, um, and they found ethyl formate, which is the chemical responsible for the flavor of raspberries. Ooh. Therefore, the center of the galaxy tastes like raspberries. Yes. Yes. Nice. yes. What does it smell like? 
death. Turns out it smells like rum. <laughs> so this sounds I mean, like a really great cocktail. I have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't checked it out personally, but uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, that's that's what it smells like. If you can sm- smell anything in the vacuum of space. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> taking your helmet off. Um, all right, warlords. What are there more of? Grains of sand in the world or stars in the known universe? I don't know. In the, the, known, in the unknown universe, you could probably be like, oh, it's unknown. We haven't found them yet. Yeah, they might um, be giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <coughs> there are a lot of beaches, man. <laughs> there are. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. like There's a lot of beaches in the world, yeah. man. Yeah. Seems like a lot of grains of sand. Yeah. I mean, I reckon there'll be less grains of sand on Sumner Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't yeah. the question. No, why not? But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're, putting, we're showing our work. Yeah. Um, um, so I'll say there are, there are, there are more, grains of, more grains of sand than stars in the known universe. That is incorrect. There are ten times as many stars in the known universe as there are, star, uh, as there are grains of sand in the world. On the plus side, though, you can give us marks because you can see our working was consistent <laughs> to get can, to that answer. I can see where you went wrong, and it was right at the start. <laughs> I want to speak to the guy who counted them all. <laughs> um, all right. Star-Lords, how did a severed ear kill half a million people? It had smallpox. Um, mm-hmm. A severed ear kills seven... Um, I'm trying, just trying oh. to turn this off now because it's not... Uh, um, I'm going to. Uh, I'm guessing it, it. Somebody's ear got cut off, and mm. a war got started because of it. Yeah, I'll give you points for that. Yes. Um, and uh, it was a war that was started by Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he was. He was. He sent his his ear in the mail, and the postal service got so mad at the smell that they all went to war with artists everywhere. I'll give you some points for that. Uh, so in 1731, uh, a British ship was boarded by uh, the Spanish and their captain, Robert Jenkins, had his ear cut off. Uh, and so uh, Britain went to war with Spain in what was known as the War of Jenkins' Ear. Um, then due to the uh, network of alliances, it spiralled out of control and led to the Austrian uh, War of Succession, which led to half a million people dying and was one of the causes of the Seven Year War. Wow. So, I mean, after that, you have to start assassinating archdukes and stuff. Yeah. This is just like yeah. a chain reaction of wars. Yeah. 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 All, all oh. down to that ear. Oh, man. Well, probably not. <laughs> We're going to move on. <laughs> uh, that brings us to the end of the nerd quotient round. Major Rivers, what are the scores? <clears throat> well, the warlords are a fine body of fighting men, as I've seen. They're ready for action. I give them seven points. On the other hand, Star-Lord's disorganised rabble, no discipline in their unit whatsoever, probably be cut to pieces on the first sortie or on two. (laughs) (laughs) Round of applause for Warlords. Shame and ignominy. Important important for me to point out that we're actually doing as well as each other, but our advantage from the start is keeping us in the lead. Fucking white people. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, seriously though, how did you hug... Keanu Reeves. Um, it was I was I was in a boxing match. Okay, this is um, a this is a weird see. start to the story. Um, so I go I go to this film festival in Austin every year called Fantastic Fest, and one of the uh, events that they run there is called the Fantastic Debates, where they get um, people who write about film or people who make films to 
do like a debate about a nerdy topic and then to settle the debate with two rounds of uh, boxing. This is like chess boxing. Uh, um, maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was, I was doing one of these debates and I did two rounds of boxing, which is like the most friggin' exhausting thing you could possibly do. Um, and up next after me was uh, Keanu Reeves. Um, and I came down off the, out, out of the ring and uh, Keanu Reeves was there and I was like crying because I was so overwhelmed and, and exhausted and I was just like, huh, can I have a hug? He's like, and he was like, dude! <laughs> and like his, his, dude. he was absolutely Keanu Reeves-ish. Uh, every bit as much as you would hope. So Keanu was essentially your Adrian. Yeah, yeah. Was, except I didn't cry his name from the ring. <laughs> uh, might, have, might have been worth trying. I don't visit his grave with the newspaper every day. <laughs> Our next round is called... Yet. <laughs> Our next round is called, Good God, y'all, what is it good for? <laughs> In this round, I will uh, name a invention, uh, and you will tell me whether it was developed as a byproduct of war, of space travel, or neither. Mm. Okay. So ring in if you have an answer. First one is microwave ovens. Space travel. Incorrect. Damn. Neither. Incorrect. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking any more answers. <laughs> Uh, so um, this was discovered inadvertently when um, radio, uh, radar operators during World War II discovered that it could also cook their food. Um, and thus uh, the microwave oven was discovered. He had the Megatron, didn't he? And it melted his chocolate bar in his pocket. And he's like, oh, oh shit. Oh, I'm going to keep that for later. Well, why didn't you say that <laughs> earlier, Henry? Because I was like, well, what does a radar got to do with wars? And I was like, oh, everything. <laughs> 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 it, was kind of, it was that key neural link that just kind of didn't go through when I needed don't, don't it. You, don't you work with like equipment that uses radio radiation? Waves? <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, Velcro. Space. Oh, Incorrect. No! Incorrect. Damn it! Oh, fuck, that's oh, right. It's, was it it's the, a myth. It um, was neither, yeah, so. It was, um, yeah. Like, it was stuck on. So it was used extensively in the Apollo missions to anchor uh, astronauts' equipment in zero gravity, but it was invented uh, by the Swiss in the 1940s. So it was around a lot longer, uh, a lot before the Apollo missions. It's to help you keep your watch on when you can't uh, do up a, a buckle. Can I tell you an interesting fact about war? I wish you would. Excellent. It's not that interesting. But um, you know how the German uniforms, which are, are like used whenever you have an aristocracy, like a, a horrible dictatorship, they use Nazi uniforms as the mm-hmm. model for something that looks really cool and threatening. Um, if they had used Velcro, they would have been better off, which is not very cool at all. Velcro was the least cool of all the materials. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Velcro is really the Hitler exactly. of uh, adhesive, isn't it? Exactly, because they had to wear, instead of wearing like a browning belt, they had uh, like a series of straps and hooks to make their, their perfectly designed jacket sit properly. Um, so every time you see a German soldier in, um, in, in photographs, he's basically being strangled by his own trousers. Um, when they went to Russia, they were completely unprepared. They had these really fancy jackets that were not at all suited to the Russian winter. And it was the 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 person who designed it was um, was um, Hugo, Hugo Boss. Boss. Hugo yes. Boss. Yep. Oh yeah. We should get some points. I'll, I'll give you a point for that <laughs> because we said it at the same, same time. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Invisible braces. 
Not actually a thing. No, it's definitely a thing. It's, oh, you know, instead of instead of getting like um, braces, you get the like. Oh, I thought you meant like. Not not invisible suspenders. That's not a thing. <laughs> Although, I mean, I think we've just invented it right now. Yeah, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> is this war? Uh, it is not war. Dang. It what? Mm. Is it space travel? Yes, it's space travel. <laughs> yeah! I'm, stop, I'm not giving you two options anymore. Um, yes, it was invented by NASA as part of their advanced ceramics uh, research. So obviously they weren't trying to invent uh, oh, so invisible the same braces. Stuff that goes on the, but the, of- the stuff that they use is used in invisible braces. GPS. Ooh. I just want to say that every time I've got this wrong. Yeah. Like so just do the opposite time. of what you think it is. Yeah. But there's Neither. two options. <laughs> It's not neither, no. <laughs> um, it was war. Uh, it was uh, developed by the US Department of Defense in the 1970s, uh, but then was opened up for general use. And then was misused by Google Maps to start a war. Start a war, yeah. yeah. Good point. Chemotherapy. <laughs> I just, um, in Henry, my what have you... that's radiation therapy. Um, that's another not your area that's of expertise. Another degree. War? War is correct. Uh, it's a byproduct of mustard gas that was used in the First World War. I don't know how, but I read it. <laughs> so the, it must be true. The space pen. Space? Neither! <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give it to Karen for that. It was no. neither. It's a myth that um, they were invented for space. Uh, they were invented uh, before. Okay, uh, space blankets. You know, those, you know those silver blankets? That, yeah, oh. for war. No, for space, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seemed like the right answer, but then I was yeah. like, let's a, do the opposite. A space pen was not from space, but a space blanket was. <laughs> yeah, so. Reggie, I just want to go on the record as saying you're a... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh, go and cry into Keanu's shoulder. Um, <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> Portable cordless vacuums. Oh, that's got to be space. Correct. Yeah. To suck up the, the jubly bits. The jubly bits? <laughs> Can you elaborate on jubly bits? <laughs> when astronauts eat or defecate or anything that floats. Just when you defecate into a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> um, what are you defecated? <laughs> no, well, yes and no. It was actually for picking up samples on the lunar surface. Ooh. Um, so, yeah. It was NASA. Um, but... Okay, okay. Let's go to Major Rivers for the scores. Appalling performance in a multi-choice answer round. (laughs) (laughs) Todd's on report. But they did pick up a few points there, so Star-Lord's now on five, and Warlord's on eight. (laughs) Oh, oh, another round of applause for Warlords. (laughs) Um, Does anyone else have a story of uh, a close encounter with a star? Uh, I do, actually. Damn. I do, uh, and this is so you may you know uh, the actor Bernard Hill, who oh, you uh, probably know as the captain of the Titanic. Uh, is probably his most famous role, and, and he was Theoden in uh, Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that gives it you no have points as well. No power here. <laughs> now, now for those people listening on the podcast, Bernard Hill didn't just walk in. That was that was Henry doing an uncanny impersonation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I spat in his breakfast and he ate it. <laughs> Tell us more. There is more. Do you want to, to leave story. it at that, or do? You... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he was also in. Um, Hogan Wire, the uh, um, 
docudrama thing that was made about the Christchurch earthquakes in which I played a racist skinhead. How did you I, get that part? I don't know. I just look like a shitbag. Um, <laughs> and I'm racist. <laughs> um, and so the, the, there was a bit where I... They'd assembled a fire and he was cooking eggs on the fire and then the skinheads came and were like... And, like, literally... The the characterization of my character, his, his defining thing was, I'm the guy that spits. <laughs> that was that was like my deal. That was my guy's deal. Um, and so I'd spat, and then, like we did like ten takes of this one bit, and like a couple of times I spat into the eggs, like kind of by accident, and like my spit went in the eggs, and I was like, I'm sure they'll change the eggs. <laughs> and they they didn't change the eggs. <laughs> And then he ate the eggs. And I don't think he knew, but I knew. <laughs> uh, and just a quick shout-out to one of, our, one of our fans, Bernard Hill. Thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> so, Carl, just uh, your spit was in Bernard Hill's mouth. Yeah. So, basically, you were kissing. Yes. That's so sweet. That's how well, I, that's you how I get, like He wasn't it. kissing you back, though. No. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't spit in your eggs. No. <laughs> it just sounds so dirty now. Let's move on to the next round. Uh, This round is called Lone Star. Uh, In this, uh, you'll be challenged to give one-star reviews for things that generally get more than one star. So if you can give me, uh, create a one-star review for this, please ring in. The first thing I would like a one-star review for is Mad Max Fury Road. Karen. Insufficient monologuing. One star. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, All right, the next thing I'd like a one-star review for is Romeo and Juliet. When I come to a romance, I want it to end in an airport with smooching. (laughs) One star. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Godfather Part Two. (laughs) Haven't seen Part One. (laughs) Didn't get the plot. (laughs) One star. (laughs) Um, Pride and Prejudice. Was not the dramatic slavery uh, movie <laughs> that I was expecting. One star. All right, next, um, The Wheel. Too thin, not like an honest roller the way that they were first made. One star. I'd like a one star review of Breathing. It's just too much effort in the mornings. One star. Does it have to be... See, what I wanted to do here was like... I wanted to do kind of... Let me explain. Let me show how I'm working. Because the answer is going to be wrong. And I wanted to do like a... a, Does it... Like, does the gas that I breathe out at the end have to be this gas? But then I couldn't remember what the gas that you breathe out... I was was remembering as I was doing it. But yeah, like... um, Do you want to just have another crack at it? And we'll, we'll edit this out. It'll be seamless. Go ahead. The other problem with it, right? <laughs> is it that, it, is is it that, that it's I, not funny? Is that I started talking before I'd quite formulated what the joke was. Dan Bain's review of One Star Breathing, uh, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, one more. I could, could I have a one star review of The Orgasm? Happened too quickly. <laughs> one star. Uh, saw it coming a mile away. <laughs> One star. 
Tastes like chicken. One star. That brings us to the end of the Lone Star (laughs) round. Major Rivers, what are the scores? Well, it was, a, it was a linked surge there by the warlords, but I took away five points for Bane's ridiculous non-joke. So <laughs> that makes them on uh, on eleven points, and the Star Lords are on nine points. Oh. Warlords still in the lead. Oh. Due to unfair dice advantage. Yeah. Well, uh, does anyone have another? Brush with a star. I do. Um, I used to work for a dodgy community newspaper in Melbourne that <laughs> paid me in cash. And um, I interviewed Liam Finn when his album FOMO came out. And it was a really great interview. I had prepared awesome questions. He was making awesome answers. We were super engaged and chatting. And then at the very end, I said, thanks, Neil, and hung up. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then you rang him back and said, oh, you're not Neil. <laughs> All right, our next round is entitled Get Me Darth Vader's Non-Union Mexican Equivalent. Hey, point of order, point of order. We were strictly informed that there would be stars or wars, but not stars. Yeah, this is is about wars that are in stars, but not Star Wars. What? Well, why don't you let me explain? Show you're working, Brendan. (laughs) In this, I will provide a quote from a movie, a book, or a video game uh, that relates to an interstellar conflict. You will get points if you can name the source for the quote and extra points if you can name the two sides in the conflict. So ring in if you have an answer. And this thing I saw, how can I describe it? A monstrous tripod higher than many houses. That would be War of the Worlds? Yes. And the two sides were people and Martians. <laughs> Correct. I'll give you points for that. <laughs> yes. For thousands more years, the mighty ships tore across the empty wastes of space and finally dived screaming onto the first planet they came across, which happened to be the Earth, where due to a terrible miscalculation of scale, the entire battle fleet was accidentally swallowed by a small dog. Uh, Hitchhiker's, yeah. Yeah, Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Um, and one side was Earth people. And the other side was some very small people. Well, it was the Vilhergs versus right. small dog. <laughs> <laughs> we were boarded the last week of the war, but by the end of the war, they had learned a lot, gotten smart, clever. They didn't head to CIC or the magazines. Two teams. One went to secondary damage control and the other to auxiliary fire control. See, that's clever, not the CIC. That's, uh, is that from Battlestar? It is. Yes, and the side, I don't know who's saying it though. Adama? No, Saltai. Oh, it's Adama. And the sides are Cylons and the last remainders of the human race. Correct. Or are they? Or are they? <laughs> are they on the. Um... Let's just go, can we just go with yes? <laughs> it's simpler. <laughs> We've just landed on Klendathu on an area they call Big K. Uh, that's Starship Troopers? Yes. Uh, and the sides are once more people, <laughs> and um, the bugs, the shit. I just said it. Klindathu. Wait, Klindathu. Uh, Klindathu bugs. Yes. bugs. Uh, versus mobile infantry. Mobile infantry. Yeah. Oh, okay. This one's a, people. This one's a deep cut. You may not approach the ancient Sumatra, the symbol of Urquan dominance. Your presence here is further violation of the slave laws which your species have already violated so flagrantly. 
We cannot tolerate such insubordination. Your species penalty shall be annihilation. I'm getting, as someone in the audience clearly knows... I would like to phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they don't know. Who, who, who is it? Where's it from? It's from Star Control, again. Yes, yes, Star <laughs> Control too. The amazing video game. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, in this case, uh, the Urk Kwan and uh, Kor Ah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Tap of my tongue. <laughs> um, one more. Remember, the enemy's gate is down. Stargate? <laughs> Good guess. Uh, enemy at the gates. Okay, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience as well. Yes. Ender's Game. Ender's Game, yes. Uh, and it's the humans versus the formics, or the, the buggers. Um, okay, a couple more conflicts. These are not uh, star ones. Um, they thought up a great one. They certainly did. They thought up a gun called the Kickadoo Powder and ants, eggs, and bees' legs and dried fried clam chowder. That's the Butter Battle Book. Yes. By Dr. Zeus, and it's between... Oh, shit me. Um, <laughs> the red ones and the blue ones. The yukes and the zooks. <laughs> all right, one more. It began upon the following occasion. It is allowed on all hands that the primitive way of breaking eggs before we eat them was upon the larger end. But his present majesty's grandfather, who, when he was a boy, going to eat an egg and breaking it according to the ancient practice, happened to cut one of his fingers, whereupon the emperor, his father, published an edict commanding all his subjects upon great penalties to break the smaller end of their eggs. Gulliver's Travels? Correct! Yay! Um, is it the Lilliputians and some other people? It, yes, the, the empires of Lilliput and Blifusku. <laughs> how I'm going to pronounce that. All right, that brings us to the end of that round. Major Rivers, the scores. I lost a lot of good men against the Lilliputians. <laughs> a lot of good men. So many tiny wounds. <laughs> Never mind, let's press on, Joey. The scores... Of 14 points all. Ooh, Ooh, Give them both a round of applause. (laughs) Anyone else got any star stories before we go on to the next round? Did I tell you that I met Susie Kerr when I was four? Oh, yeah, you blew your load in the... the, um, I mean, mean, when you said it, I don't mean... No, not not when I was four. (laughs) Meeting Susie Kerr. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right into her eggs. She just I ate them all up. We'll get it in post. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, this next round is called Stars in Their iTunes. And in this round, we're going to be joined by the amazing Michael Bell. Michael Bell. <laughs> I don't know where he is, but he's going to take his seat behind the uh, grand piano that we have set up in the studio at all times. <laughs> um, so, uh, in this, um, I'm going to challenge uh, members of each team to sing a song on a topic of my choosing in the style of a performer of my choosing. Oh, God. Um, so, Adele. This is, um, I'm going to start with you, Andrew. Oh, man. Because you called me a dick earlier. <laughs> Um, I'm wa- going to do it again. <laughs> I, want, I, want you, I want you to sing in the style of Jarvis Cocker from, um, from Pulp. Okay. Um, and, but I would like you to sing kind of a serenade to Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, oh yeah, you can do this. Um, so when you're, when you're ready, Michael, if you could take oh. it away.
you viper I'd like to swipe you Where you're flying across the stars Into my heart Into my heart When you get into that spacecraft I, All I think is I've got to get in there with you And, and that's when That's when I When I say Starbuck Starbuck I'd really like to fuck Starbuck Oh Starbuck Oh Oh Elton <laughs> John uh, That's pretty good Only <laughs> the most quality rhymes <laughs> Um <laughs> I'm sorry, Katie Sackhoff. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to the Warlords now. Dan, mm. I want you to sing a song about, uh, let's say, Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> um, but I would like you to do it in the style of Björk. I mean, I've came into it. It seemed a little non-canonical in some parts. It's a B-side. Okay, well, that was that was great. Uh, so you both get some points, um, and we're going to go over to Major Rivers for a score update. Like a bit of music, jolly good, jolly good. Uh, no place for it on the battlefield, though. Very serious, but. Uh, I thought Todd there in particular did very well for the man with the physique of a Yangtze River dolphin, so... Uh, <laughs> so I've given him extra points, and uh, that gives the uh, Star Lords a one-point advantage going into the final push. 
Star Lords, everyone. <laughs> On to our round of applause to Michael Bell, our musician. <laughs> Our final round is the classic who would win round. The who would win round. Yes. And now we're going to pit two armies against each other. So, Star Lords, you are going to be arguing for the armies of Middle Earth. All of them. Let's, let's go with the goody side. All of them? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can pick and choose. And Warlords... Mm. You're going to be arguing for the armies of Westeros. Ooh. All of them. <laughs> you can pick and choose. So I will give each of you a minute to make your case. 30 seconds for rebuttal and then time for a closing statement. Then the audience will decide which of the two armies would be victorious in a conflict between the two. Star Lords. As, yes, correct. Okay. Um, as the team in the lead, you will go first. You have one minute. All right. So the armies of Middle Earth, as we're all aware, um, comprise the uh, more well-known races: humans, who are who are adaptable and fast, and your mm-hmm. standard D and D race. Uh, we have elves, who are quick and whippy and really great at ranged weaponry. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, dwarves who are uh, short and stubby and Scottish accented and really good with axes. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, don't get up in one's face or you'll get an axe in it. That's right. And hobbits who smoke a lot, you've got to have... Uh, it's for the party afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so what we've got here is a very adaptable army mm. that can uh, put itself into any situation, um, can, can manoeuvre, can mine walls, can take down an olifant with the skateboarding move, uh, are basically very, like the Swiss army knife of armies, if you will. And that's why they would win over the, the single, maybe two species mm. armies of Westeros. All right. Thank you, Star Lords. Warlords. <sighs> Star Lords have, uh, first of all, begun to say that, that, uh, that uh, uh, racial diversity is going to be their strength. <laughs> We say that we, first of all, we have racial diversity uh, up the wazoo. <laughs> it's probably not where you should keep it. But, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. You can put your weed in there. Um, <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got armies of people. We've got uh, white walkers. We, we also have dragons. You can't have white walkers. Um, yeah, they're bad. Yeah, they're baddies, man. Well, I mean, come I on, we're the armies and, um, of the Southrons. But anyway, um, you, you mentioned dwarves with axes. Well, we've got a, a little friend called Tyrion Lannister who uh, survived an axe to the face. You mentioned Oliphants. Well, did, they only count as one. Um, uh, if you've <laughs> seen the movie. Um, effectively, though, um, the reason that we think the armies of Westeros are, are effectively are undefeatable is that we know that anyone could die. Uh, and consequently, when we know that anyone can die, uh, there's kind of a... Uh, uh, we're willing to throw ourselves mm. at any kind of situation. Anyone could die at any time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's your strategy for winning a war. <laughs> yeah. Basically, so, we're saying we will clog your... Uh, <laughs> Clog your rivers with the uh, dead. <laughs> the rivers will run bled, red with the blood of our own army. <laughs> yeah. You'll besiege us by just building, building big walls of your own corpses. 
Oh, right. Rebuttal. Well, the reason um, so, anyone can die is because they're always killing each other. Yeah, I think this is the, re- the, key, the key fault of uh, the armies of Westeros, is that they're always fighting each other. The thing about the, thing about the armies of Middle-earth is that they always come together in the end. Um, they always come together to fight a greater evil. In this case, the armies of Westeros, who were too busy fucking their siblings, <laughs> fighting each other, and... Uh, Getting drunk and like delivering exposition to prostitutes uh, <laughs> to actually fight in a war. You get them up against uh, up against a well organized army of elves and humans and dwarves and uh, a handful of, and a handful of hobbits who are are very surprising in how uh, how dexterous they are with swords. Um, I must say, uh, they'll they'll just they'll just fall. They'll put that up your wizard. Yeah. Your wazoo is going to be well and truly ruined. <laughs> okay. Uh, back to you, Warlords. Uh, I do believe the armies of Middle Earth um, have have won in the past, um, but uh, be, taking that taking that ring off um, off the Lord and having it right in the fires of Mount Doom, they failed at the final hurdle. They just they collapsed and and well, they they tore Middle Earth back to. Uh, so many years ago, they plunged into darkness once again. Here's the thing, is that I want to watch a war fought by uh, five armies from Game of Thrones. I don't want to watch a war fought by five armies <laughs> in The Hobbit. <laughs> All right. Uh, closing statements from each side. We're not talking about what war you'd want to watch. We're talking about who would win. And there's no question about who would win between the, battle of, the armies of Middle-earth and the armies of Westeros. Middle-earth has the diversity, it's got the skill set, and most importantly, it's not full of, like, infighting dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Warlord? The armies of Middle-earth... I spat in your leader's eggs. <laughs> One star. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, well, audience, it is now time for you to decide who would win between the armies of Middle-earth and Westeros. So please applaud for the army you think would win. Would it be the armies of Middle-earth? <laughs> would it be the armies of Westeros? <laughs> Interesting. Fewer people, but louder. <laughs> um, we have a niche. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to have to go on a number of people, so uh, that goes to Armies of Middle-Earth. As it should. Well done, Star-Lords. So, Major Rivers, final scores. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, they, of course, they say that the first casualty of war is truth, don't they? And, and the truth is I, I nodded off in that last round. <laughs> what's, what's happening? I... I Oh, this is the end of the, end of the game. Yes, of course, the, the winner of the debate was uh, the Star-Lords giving them extra points and making them champions of the battlefield. The Star-Lords, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, one, final, one final round of applause for all of our contestants. Woo! Thank you, everybody, and good night.